Hello there, everybody listening in on the OIMAP replay. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, a bit of housekeeping. It's early February still, and I have only one bit of housekeeping for online impact members, and that would be mastermind groups. So I am kind of done with my end at the moment, and I just thought I'd share with you all the 30-second version of how we're doing this this time around, and hopefully for the rest of 2022. I am going to be doing less matching because I was really just a middleman, so to speak, anyways, and wasn't actually doing anybody any good. And so I'm largely cutting myself out of the that middle process. So I have two forms. They're Google forms, literally forms. One is for existing groups that get to say, yes, we would like a new member or no, we're not looking for anybody right now. Uh, and if we are looking, here's what we're looking for. Here's what our group is. Here's when we meet. Some other little details like that. I'll be sending that form out to groups. It's already created. I'm doing it literally this afternoon or tomorrow. I'll be uh, sending those out to existing groups to get their status, so to speak. And then there's another form, which I will send out to people who want to be in a mastermind group, either who aren't already, or if they're in a group, or one of the like two or three groups that kind of fizzled out over the last several months and year, uh, and want to change groups. And this form will be all the questions and time zone preferences and personal details about you, what you're looking for in a mastermind group, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it will spit out a application, so to speak. It'll actually just spit out a custom Google Doc with all your like answers right there, formatted, boom, boom, boom. And you can send this document to existing groups. And the idea here is for this to be as quick and easy and seamless as possible as a first step sort of thing. I know mastermind groups are highly personal and people are highly personal in what they want and what they need and availability and so forth. All of that I think comes after this initial step of who is looking for more members and then who is looking for a group. Like let's get those details for the group and the individuals. Let's mesh them up in the form of an application that you can send to people that's the jumping off point. So I just thought I'd let everybody know that the forms are created. I created a place on the website. It's actually right now. If you go to uh, dyeb.link slash OI dashboard, which is the online impact dashboard, there's a link right there to the mastermind group page, which is under construction until I get feedback from the groups who are looking or not looking for new members. But everything's right there. The whole process is ready to be started. I'm doing that in the next couple of days. So that'll be super fun. Um, I think that's all I got. Is that all I got? Yes, officially. That's all I have. Okay. Transition now to actually, actually just one. I got uh, a couple of questions here from online impact folks via email. None of whom are on this call. Okay. So let's talk trash about them. No, not really. But the, the questions were very related and it's about quick wins for your audience. Quick wins, quote unquote. And the idea is both of these questions were kind of hinting at what can I give my audience that is a quick win and not just a quick win for like, so I can make quick cash, but also what asset can I create relatively quickly that would be easier to sell on a lower price point And then I could use for other stuff going forward as bonuses, as bundles, that sort of stuff. And I'm totally going to give my cop-out answer, which is 
go check out the PPP challenge, the plenty of profitable products challenge. I made this like a year or a year and a half ago. It's, uh, it's available to online impact people right now. You can go look at it. It's in Thrivecart Learn. Uh, email me if you have access issues with that sort of stuff. But everything's there. It's right now. And over the course of, I don't know, maybe like two hours total, top to bottom, uh, I kind of walk people through this process of brainstorming new product ideas. And again, the goal here is not to reshape your entire business. The goal here is not to create a new this is my only product. This makes the majority of my revenue, like that sort of stuff. It might end up being that. That's not the, the point here. The point is to create smaller things to test that you can do some more stuff with later, whether it's revamping it. Oh, this kind of worked. Maybe I should do it again. Whether it's adding it as a bonus into a bundle, that sort of stuff. Um, and honestly, there's a huge list. I was going to pull it up, but I kind of forgot. Uh, I also call it bad idea brainstorming. People love this when I did this a year or two ago. Bad idea brainstorm. Also, just have a huge list of different formats that might work well. For example, workbooks, worksheets, cheat sheets, checklist, ebooks, guides, spreadsheets, slide decks, Trello boards, Airtable base, templates, calendars, swipe files. I mean, all of them. I have a huge list. And to spoil it for you, what I think this process looks like is just go ahead and brainstorming out. 10 ideas for each of these. I have there's like maybe 15 to 20 different formats here. Templates, swipe files, a quiz, a challenge, stuff like that. A mini training, like a one video training or something like that. Brainstorm out 10 ideas. If you have like a main course already, you might think of what's the next step that somebody would get after the course. Or more, uh, another better idea would be I have this main course. What do people need before they need my course? As in, what could I give people for free or low cost, 50 bucks or less even, that would help pitch my paid offer, the $500 thing or the $250 thing or $1,000 or whatever it is. Uh, just brainstorm out ideas and ideas and ideas and ideas as fast as humanly possible and then pick three to five and then spend another 20 minutes outlining what those might be and then spend a day or two just Creating version one. I just spoiled it for you. That's the PPP challenge. The plenty of profitable products challenge. It's a cop-out answer, uh, but the people who ask these two questions aren't on the call. So eat it. No, I'm joking. Um, that's all I got. I want to open it up to everybody else now for a few things. Uh, actually, somebody else had a question. One more, and then I'll open it up. Da -da -da -da. Uh, da -da -da. Question. Oh, okay. The question is, YouTube shorts. Do you think they're worthwhile? How do you monetize? I'm uploading vertical videos to IG and TikTok, so it's no problem to upload to you also, but not sure why I'm doing it. My answer is the same answer. I'm copying out again. It's the same answer as all the YouTube influencers who I follow pretty regularly these days. They all give the same answer to this question, and that is, who knows? Nobody has anything definitive to say on this is awesome and every YouTuber should be doing this or even non-YouTubers, right? Like people who just have this for Instagram or TikTok already and then maybe they could just leverage the same video on YouTube shorts and point it somewhere else or something. I don't know. I don't, I can't find anybody who's like definitively, yes, you should be doing this or no, you shouldn't. That said, I have one or two tips 
which I've stolen from other people. And that would be always make them, uh, was it exclusive or inclusive? Always make them a complete video, meaning it shouldn't be like the first 30 seconds of a longer video that you're just trying to get people to go click on and go watch that other video. Don't do that. And this is pretty general advice that even YouTube has come out and said, they say, have the whole 15 second or 60 second YouTube short be the video. You're not doing a call to action to some other thing like you might in some IG videos or something like that. Don't do that. It's just like, here is the video. I think this works really well for TikTok because I think most TikTok videos are kind of like that, right? Like they're pretty, what's the word I'm looking for here? Exclusive on its own, whatever that means. Um, so the only other thing I'll say on YouTube shorts is personally what I've seen do the best are highly unedited videos. And I haven't done them hardly at all on my main do you even blog channel just because they don't do anything. Like they just, they get a handful of views and nothing. I'm just super disappointed. Uh, but on my niche YouTube channel, the very first one I did was like two weeks after I started the channel. I had less than 10 subscribers and I got like a couple thousand views. And I was like, wait, really? What? And I've done maybe like 10 more YouTube shorts in the past four months. And the ones that I like spend more time on and I'm like editing and I'm trying to take longer videos and compress it down to 60 seconds. They just flop. Like they may, they might get like a hundred views max. The ones that I'm just like grabbing my phone and like recording something interesting. Those are the ones that do much better. Again, that's just my personal experience though. So in terms of, is it worthwhile? It depends on how fast and easy you can do it. And I think the only answer to that is do it for a little while. And then you answer that question. Is it worthwhile or not? Last thing, in terms of monetization, I have heard that they are offering creators little stipends who are doing YouTube shorts and that have a lot of views. I got a notification on my niche channel that, oh, you qualified as like a, for a bonus for YouTube shorts because you had X amount of views. I clicked on it and it was like, nah, error. I just got an error. I never got any money from that. <laughs> that said, I, I don't know. If somebody clicks from your channel and watches on YouTube, I think I'm pretty sure they'll show ads, but maybe not. I know they won't in the shorts reels to my knowledge, not yet. At least they will in the future. So I don't know. It's just a big question mark. Sorry. That was a lame, lame answer. So there you go. Okay. Uh, I will, I will transition and are just hanging out and chatting with all of you here on live with the following question. If anybody has any, thoughts or advice on creating quick wins for your audience, quick win products, low cost, that sort of stuff. If anybody has any thoughts on that or on YouTube shorts, speak now or forever hold your silence. And if not, then we're just going to move on and talk about whatever. Fair enough. Okay. I, I can jump in on the quick win products i i the thing that i've done that i think work that i've seen work really well is similar to what you were saying around what is the step that you need to bring people through before they will buy the your main thing um right and so you have this process right you have your you have your like avatar or your ideal audience member or client and the transformation that you want to bring them through. 
And like each of your products is just a piece of that path or like blog posts or content or videos is a piece of that content. So figuring out if there's a place that like where, where have they not gotten that piece of the transformation yet? And how can you provide that in that place along the process for them? Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and I actually forgot one of my my cool points here. You actually said this exactly like Courtney Foster Dunny, who does who does to you. I don't know if you've taken her course, but she says this the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, she asks people to uh, she asks people to do like this as an exercise, like on a sheet of paper, write down every single step in your audience's transformation. So if I'm talking to mm-hmm. new bloggers, it might be step number one, learn that blogging exists. <laughs> step number two, uh, learn that WordPress exists. And then step number three would be to choose a domain name or whatever. I don't know. And then the last step would be like, have a fully functioning blog with 20 blog posts and it's super fun. And then realize, oh crap, now I'm into the next phase, the next transformation. So detail every single step on that process. And then you can like kind of pinpoint where does my course fall? Where does my freebie fall? Where at on this journey is this? And then what can I do just before or three steps before? Or what do I have that could work here or work here or whatever? I think that's what Jessica just said, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and also thinking about the mental emotional pieces too. So not just like what is the content but like what do they need to believe or you know or be aware of to then take that next step i'll put another thing in chat here bye dorothy dorothy's head now um i like also putting it like this like what does your audience want and what do they need this is a little weird for some people to uh, <laughs> wrap their head around because we don't, we, we want to get our audience what they need, right? This is what us as entrepreneurs, we, we tend to really zone in on what do they actually need? What's going to actually get them success in an ideal world? What does my audience need? I'm going to give them that. I'm going to teach them that I'm going to walk them through that, et cetera, et cetera. And of course the opposite end of the spectrum are the, the people who are really good at copywriting but don't care about their actual products, those people are focused on what does my audience want? Forget what they need. Like, what do they want? Let's sell them that. Like, snake oil. Used car salesman. What do they want? I do think there is um, a good way to answer this in terms of product creation. You can do both. You can sell them on what they want and copy and be super pushy and snake oil and car salesman, but actually deliver what they need. Now that's a way of that's oversimplification, but another idea on uh, like quick wins for your audience would be to zero in on what do they want? What's something I could create that would sound really good? What would be the sexy thing for the new blogger people? It might be, what do they want? They want a really pretty looking blog where they can express themselves without a whole lot of work and time and energy and money. That's the dream. That's the sexy part. That's what they want. So what they need is probably a little bit more in-depth videos. Somebody who tells it to them straight and sets expectations and has, you know, detailed guides on everything. That's going to take longer. That's not as sexy. No one likes the idea of watching 20 videos. (laughs) They want to watch one video. 
um, they just want to have it done, right? And so what's that sexy thing people want that they just want to have done? An answer, by the way, for the new blogger people might be template themes, WordPress theme. That's what WordPress themes are. It's just a template. Like you don't have to code. You don't have to learn HTML and CSS. That's the hard stuff. What if I just gave you a template that you can plug and play? That would be a quick win. That would be a sexy thing that people want. They don't want to spend time and energy and money. They want it done. They want it done for them. So that would be like a, an example. That's all I got. I'm drinking a lot of coffee today. Super caffeinated. Dangerously caffeinated. Anyways. Well, uh, what is everybody else up to? Somebody give me a, something you've been thinking about. Doesn't have to be a question or problem or you know challenge or whatever. But anybody got any ideas? New things they want to try out? New platforms? New strategies? Anything? Or are we all in the grind? Well, I think we talked about this last time, but my one of my goals for this year was to not do anything new. So I don't have anything new to share. <laughs> but I have been, I have, my focus has been on writing new content consistently, engaging on social media consistently. I think. I don't know. I think last year I was feeling like, what's what, what's the point of doing that? Um, but I've actually seen blog traffic go way up and there's like a lot more engagement in like my Facebook group and all of that, just like chopping wood, carrying water, right? Like just being really, really consistent. Um, I'm starting to see some results from that. So that's what, that's, you think that's like one of the biggest factors? for the growth is just remaining consistent like day in and day out. I think it's being more consistent. So I guess that is new that I'm being more consistent. I think last year I published like once a month, I was republishing an old post rather than writing new content consistently. Um, And I think like people could just tell that it wasn't new content. I wasn't that excited about it. Like I wasn't promoting it in the same way. Um, Or they would see it and they'd be like, oh, I already read that, Um, you know, or something. And so, but so yeah, so there's been something about consistency of like writing new content consistently and like engaging daily on the socials and it's like traffic has doubled Hmm. and much of some of it is from seo but it's like the traffic it's like every category has increased by like a similar percentage if that makes sense so it's like the same every category is like the same percentage as it was it's just like almost double (laughs) i uh so i this is a question for all of you, really, but Jessica was talking, so I figured I'd ask you. Do you think people crave non-SEO content? I mean, niche sites are niche sites, and I think SEO is still valid and viable and absolutely perfect. And I'm focusing a lot on SEO right now for different stuff, different stuff. But in a lot of niches, especially ones where there is more community, 
finance. Um, I don't know. I get this feeling that maybe people are seeking out that sort of content that is not SEO. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true. I think that's true. And I think that the people are like, they want to like hear what I'm learning and they want to hear like what's going on in my life. And I don't, you know, like, that's what I feel like I'm hearing from people is that like, they don't care about the SEO optimized thing. Like that's so that's going to, that's going to get me traffic, whatever. But like, they they care a lot more about the personal story. Like the my actual community cares a lot more about the personal stories and yeah. my own yeah. learnings and what's going on and you know stories of other people in the community, but definitely a lot more story based. Yeah, it makes sense for sure in that niche. Because I mean, but at the same time, it's also super annoying when you're like googling something and everything comes up is just like telling a story and then you're like, yeah, but what's the answer to my question, you know? So I personally think that people still want both, but if you're, if you like have write an SEO blog post, that's like answering a specific question, then you like tell your community about it. They're like, I don't really care about that, but that's not the people who, you know, who you're targeting, you're targeting people who are searching it on Google, who are new people. So I personally think that there's room for both because one is for your community and one is for Google yep. potential new people. That was going to be my next question. And I think I already have the answer to it in my head. Does it have to be either or, right? Like, does it have to be a pretty strict SEO content traffic and that sort of stuff? Or like the opposite or not the complete opposite, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of what Jessica's doing right now, or can it be both? I don't know if there's a good answer to that. I think it probably depends on the niche, but. Yeah, I would say it depends on the specific topic and niche, but even, I think more specific than the niche because you can have everything within the niche, I think, unless it was literally about like kitchen faucets, then I don't know if people really care about a story about that, but you know. Yeah. And how big you are, right? Like if you have a million followers, and you talk about kitchen faucets, people just come pay attention to you because you're an influencer. And the opposite's true. If I, on my niche site, just did like totally non-SEO, like the opposite of that, but exactly what I want to say and I had fun with it, I told a story or whatever, it was just, no one would, no one would see it, period. Because I don't have any following. I have no socials. Yeah. Like, like I see it in your niche though, like I could see how it could grow because people would be like, people who are interested in that thing would stay and you know, especially on your YouTube channel, but like, I mean, like a kitchen faucet is not something that people collect or like, you know, they just want to know the few options and then they buy one, then they're good for another, hopefully five years or more. Yeah. So actually, I I think it depends. I think so too. Um, In TAS, the authority site system, it's actually one of their uh, finding a niche lessons is does this specific niche have a community aspect kitchen faucets i think that's a pretty good example of like there's not going to be any community on that there's some which is like highly community which i think personal finance is personally um also because like if you want to rank in google for like the most competitive finance terms like you better be working for like fool.com or the balance or like 
Yahoo, whatever, like the humongous sites, right? Um, I think it's highly community oriented. That's interesting. I just thought I'd share it. Like that's in the the task program as well. They asked that question. Are there forums? Are there subreddits dedicated to XYZ? Yeah, that's a good point because like, I, I mean, I didn't think about that stuff when I created my site, but like talking about minimalism, like I want to talk about the thing, like not the objects, but the keywords are about the objects. And then, but I don't want to email my list about this. I think we talked about this last time too. Like, I don't want to be like minimalist dishes, like here, look at these. Like, why would they? I don't know. Maybe they would, but yeah. I don't want to be emailing that every week saying like, Hey, I wrote this new post about this new thing that you need because you're a minimalist and you need these other things. Like, that's just, yeah. I know we were talking about like being intentional and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But so that's thing. kind of like a challenge for me because I just don't share all my posts with my people. Cause I think that they don't care about that. Yeah. But then I still like my Google traffic because it's easier than talking to other people. It is in a lot of ways. I feel like enthusiasm is contagious. So I feel like even if something is off topic or off brand or it's not like SEO optimized or it's whatever, I feel like if you're really excited about it, that gets other people excited. So even if you're talking about kitchen faucets and your blog is about something else, if you're like, I got that coolest kitchen faucet and it's so amazing and it made my life so much better, like that gets people excited. So to me, I feel like when I'm writing about something I'm excited about, that's what other people are interested in. And it's what keeps me interested in what I'm doing. Like, I just feel like when I read blogs, I like the ones where people write about what they're interested in. Like when I read blogs and it seems like, like sometimes I want to just find out information and I'm not going to stick around no matter what. Like if I go to a cooking blog and I want to know how to bake chicken, it doesn't matter how long their story is. I'm just going to scroll to the bottom. But like in general, when I stick with blogs, it's because it's somebody who's writing about stuff and they care about it. And I don't care if it's like SEO optimized, but if they that's all they care about, I'm out of there because it shows. Like I want that passion to show through. Yeah, for sure. Because the SEO people are generally looking for an answer to their question and they leave. But then, yeah, they wouldn't necessarily find you if you didn't show up in Google. So, you know what I mean? I think I, it still goes back to my other point. I think that there's room for both yeah. in most blog types. And like, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be like one or the other. It could be somewhere in between. But I think it it's nice to have that creativity. But yeah, personally, as the the blogs that I get sucked into are definitely ones where they they have original opinions because I hate the ones where it's like I already read this blog post before but I never actually read the blog post before it just sounds like the same as every other blog post that is on the topic especially like when you find things through Pinterest or something because yeah I don't know why they're not necessarily ranking for the quality of the the post they're ranking for their pin so I have an idea um so I think, first of all, enthusiasm and passion are like more than ever before, I would argue, like so powerful in marketing. Like, oh my God, like 10 years ago, maybe not so much. Now, it's like people can see straight through the opposite of that. People love it 
listening to somebody who's passionate. Side note, I see this on Reddit all the time. Um, somebody will post a question like, what's something you find attractive about the opposite sex or something like that? And without a doubt, like every time somebody posts something like that, the answers are always like passion. Like I love when somebody is interested in something. It is like addicting. It's contagious. Yes. That's it. Okay. Here's my, here's my big idea. I feel like one aspect of that specifically for SEO is really quickly proving authority. So I posted a YouTube video here. This guy, I don't know him. I don't, I haven't followed him for very long, but like three months ago, I got really into dishwasher tabs because I was like, I was so sick and tired of my dishwasher tabs. I did a little bit of Googling. I found this dude's video and I watched like an hour and a half of it, <laughs> just like straight through this guy. Uh, was like, he's very watchable. And part of the reason he was watchable was he started with this. Here's the dishwasher. I'm going to remove the back. I'm going to put on glass so we can see inside. I bought all of these different detergents and dishwasher tabs. Here they are right here. And I'm going to test them one by one and give you results. Like the equivalent for me and niche sites and all of us who write about SEO is, so I do mechanical keyboards. I would love to do more of this. Even I bought all of these mechanical keyboard switches. I'm going to test each one of them and I'm going to let you know how it is. That right there shows passion and enthusiasm. Like if I can actually show you with an image or a GIF or even through text for that matter, hang on, somebody's calling me. I don't know you, Katie Coke. Uh, if I could show you that I have the answer to your question, but I know what the hell I'm talking about because I'm into it. I'm into kitchen faucets. And here's proof. Here's me standing beside a real kitchen faucet with a hammer looking at it and pointing at it. Not a stock photo. Like I want to prove to people that I am your guy when it comes to this answer, when it comes to this thing, this topic, I am passionate about it. I love digital marketing and blogging, even though I suck at it sometimes. I love it. And I love talking about it. That's why you should care. That's why you should follow me. That's why you should click. That sort of stuff. Sorry, that was rambling. It's easier to write blog posts like that too when you're, when you know the stuff, because then. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just about to make lunch while we're talking, but, um, you know, like if you've done the thing or use the thing, then you don't have to like think about what should I say about it? Cause you already have an opinion that you can write about. You don't have to think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. <laughs> Everybody's like hiding their camera. Doing other things. Yeah. I spent an insane amount of time watching that this guy technology connection. Again, I don't I don't know him. I can't vouch for him. But I spent way too long watching this video and thinking to myself, why am I still watching this? What is it about this creator? Why I'm like still tuned in. Why am I still watching? Why is this person so watchable? I never actually came up with that many answers, but I know it when I see it. It's the weirdest thing. Gerald Undone on YouTube is another one of those for me. The bloggers. Bitches get riches are my my bloggers like this. Like, why am I still why am I reading this blog post? I don't even care about this right now, but why am I here? Why did I click and why am I reading this stuff? And I know that's probably different for everybody, but 
It's weird. Also, this video has 2.9 million views. There you go. Craziness. Oh, my neck hurts. Turn around. I I have something if we're done with the previous topic. So I think I saw you talk about this. I don't know if it was sometime last year, if it was 2020. I don't know. Um, so I, so I, I left the food thing behind um, and went back to personal finance where I just, where I, yeah, my original idea, let's do that. Right. So, but I keep, <laughs> so I'm trying to get an infusion of cash in quickly. Um, and I don't know if that should be from freelance writing about personal finance or if I should just take coaching clients, but I'm still getting requests for website design work, which is throwing my brain completely off. It's like, oh, it's easy to get web design work. Not as easy to get personal finance coaching clients. And I feel... Uh, pulled in multiple directions when I'm really just trying to get these quick infusions of cash and I don't know what I should focus on. Can I, can I ask a couple of questions? Okay. Sure. Uh, do you need the quick infusion of cash? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then the approach that I might take in that case is let me do the easy wins right now to get mm -hmm. the quick infusion of cash, knowing that this isn't the thing that I want to do necessarily long-term, mm -hmm. Like you could pay attention to it as like, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? But then also remember that like, you know, like I had a part-time job at one point and mm -hmm. I thought of my part-time job and I didn't love it. Right. I thought right. of it as like, this is the thing that's funding me to do this yeah. other thing that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, maybe the, the coaching or the writing or whatever, like maybe that is a thing that will build up over time. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's not, it's, you don't need to necessarily flip a switch. Right. It's, you can have these multiple income streams one is smaller one is larger mm -hmm. and then over time they can merge and then you can say okay the personal finance stuff that I want to be doing or whatever else it is that you want to be doing sort of overtakes that mm -hmm. um, but then with that too you put like less pressure on the passion mm -hmm. to fund you to fund what you what you need right um and like keeps it fun so then you and you let it grow at like a more sustainable pace rather uh, and which keeps it fun rather than putting the pressure on it mm -hmm. that's my that's my one thought <laughs> from my own personal experience like i really appreciated the like i have this work i know how to do it mm -hmm. like I don't need to like put that much mental energy into it. I could put boundaries around it, but it's the thing that's funding the stuff I really want to be doing. Right. And then that stuff will eventually grow to a place that, you know, is, is where I can spend most of my time on um, and has right over the last couple of years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a big part of the reason why it has is because I didn't put the pressure on it. Okay. I don't know, Pete, do you have a different <laughs> perspective than me? <laughs> no. Uh, my answer is if you need a quick cash infusion, you do what you got to do. Whether it's walking mm-hmm. dogs or freelance or here or that or this gig or this it, just do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I wrote this down in chat so I wouldn't forget about it. But this mm-hmm. idea of the infinite game. Uh, okay. If you're not familiar with it, it's basically this idea of playing the main goal of the game, quote unquote, is to keep playing the game. As in there's not really an end to most entrepreneurship. There's not really an end to our work life as we see it. Sure, there's mm-hmm. an ideal where you're in personal finance now or you're in food or whatever it is and you don't have to do the freelance web design, the freelance writing, any freelancing, the part-time job, the full-time job, and mm-hmm. ideal world. Yeah, that's where you want to go. But the reality of the matter is if you need cash, you need cash. And so part of what I think your goal should be, and I'm, I'm right there with you, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you my own experience with this literally this month. Um, my goal is to continue to play this game. Mm-hmm. Like if, I, if I can't, then I lose. The only way I lose right now for do you even blog is if I decide to quit and go get a full-time job. And so at the moment I'm doing a little bit more freelance work. I'm doing two months of paid writing starting in March. I just like signed on to that a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. The biggest personal finance sites in the history of the world, which I'm really excited about, but neither here nor there. Um, I, yeah, you can do what you got to do. So Mm -hmm. I think if you're getting web design work, take it and let that fund your other activities. Right, mm-hmm. I, I dog walk, work at Walmart, anything like you do what you got to do <laughs> in order to continue doing what you want to do. I know it's like a really weird sentence to say, but <laughs> yeah. But and also, it doesn't by doing that, it doesn't mean that you're like giving up on your goals and dreams right. mm-hmm. at all, right? Like I feel like that's a thing that you're saying. I'm going to, I'm doing this because I know like that this is the direction that I want to go, you know, right? Like it's there. I think sometimes people will feel like, well, if I don't go a hundred percent that like I'm giving up on it. Whereas like, mm-hmm. I just don't believe that that's true. I think everything is going to be a slow, like is going to be a ramp up mm-hmm. and I don't think we need to burn the boats. Um, Like, I don't, like, you can build the net as you, before you jump, you know? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have to be like, oh, I will leap and the net will appear. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's failing (laughs) dreams at all. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think it's, it shows that Mm -hmm. you want to continue working on your goals and dreams Mm -hmm. and whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You do do what you got to do. Web design, Mm -hmm. go for it. So then, um... My my other concern is then confusing uh, my audience, confusing people, and them not knowing what I do. Like if I if I go on Facebook and and I'm like, oh, I have room for two more web design clients uh, this month, and people are like, wait, I thought you were writing. I thought you were a financial mm. coach. Are people coming to you for the web design? Yeah. But not so, at a not at a steady pace. Like I just had someone 
um, messaged me today and, and I did accept that job, but I don't really say anything about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, I think you give your audience too much credit, not because there's <laughs> anything wrong with them, but because it's a busy internet. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, no one cares. Mm-hmm. No one cares. Okay. About. I don't think they're going to, yeah, they're probably not well, going to notice. I, I have had a couple of people ask me that because they have no. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so somebody, somebody, some people are noticing. So it's not, I'm not making this up. I know people are noticing because yeah. they're asking me. So that's what I'm trying to avoid. You could get in front of it and like mm-hmm. sort of proactively communicate that like, you're a web, you're a web designer and you are like taking on that as you transition into this other arena. Oh, Um, I like that. You know? So yeah. Cause are you transitioning into money coaching or like, Mm -hmm. what's your focus, your focus? Yeah. Money coaching, money coaching. Okay. Yeah. Because I also know that like, yeah, you, and you could say my goal is for money coaching to become my main gig. And for like the the web design stuff to become the side gig or no longer need to do that. Um, right. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people would resonate with too. Okay. As as their because a lot of people want that, right? Yeah. They would they would love for their side gig to become their main gig. Um, and so it, I think it just makes you relatable to people. Okay. Yeah. I really like that idea. Yeah. I was going to say, um, related to that, like real people asking about what you do. Um, I'm going to a wedding next week. And then I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to tell people I do? Like, I think <laughs> yeah. the thing is, honestly, I think my family, my extended family doesn't even ask about that stuff. Like they've never asked in the past, like three or more years that I've been doing this. Well, Okay, let's just say three years that I've actually been doing it, not like the time that I actually bought my domain and stuff like that. But they've never asked, so maybe they just won't even ask. But I don't know. Like, it just kind of is a little bit anxiety-inducing because then you have to, like, tell them what you do. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, like, what do you say? Like, the other day I said to this guy at the store, well, I was buying an office chair, so I feel that was a business win. But anyway, um. Oh, I told him that I was a writer. He's like, oh, and I was like, like, what am I supposed to say? He was like this, like old man. I was like, I'm not going to tell you I'm a blogger because then I have to explain what a blogger is. And then (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it's so hard to like define it without making yourself seem like a weird stereotype. Mm -hmm. But maybe we just are. Yeah, I've I've had that anxiety and panic before things where you anticipate people asking you, what do you do? And you're like, I don't know what I'm going to tell them all of a sudden. I don't know anything right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, like I, (laughs) like, I don't know, but I do have social anxiety. So that's actually like a thing, but that's why I like to like think of the idea in advance so that I don't have to think in the moment that I'm not quite as awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how that question just produces so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for anybody who's not, I'm a lawyer. I'm a vet technician. <laughs> yeah. People who do what we do, 
who haven't rehearsed it or don't feel like really confident and comfortable yet saying, I am this, that's like, that's an anxiety producing question. Mm-hmm. I just thought about that. Yeah. Writer is usually my default answer. At least I feel like at least people. Did you like, say I run my own business? I often say that. That's yeah. pretty much what I say. Okay. I run my own business, and, and then, then pe- like, and then oh, people can follow, if people ask follow up questions, then like then we can get into it. Otherwise, they're right. just like, oh, okay, great. I don't really care, and then they move on. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way to put it. Because if they're asking like, oh, what do you sell or like what kind of business, and then maybe they actually mm-hmm. care and not just like saying it out of like social obligation or whatever mm-hmm. how come you always know what to say exactly <laughs> i don't think i do but <laughs> oh, i guess you just say the things that you know so it's maybe like a few examples because you wouldn't answer if you didn't know a good answer. yeah right <laughs> i'm pretty sure i have a blog post on this how to intro introduce yourself at conferences Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because it's it depends too on like who the audience is, yeah. what I talk about, right? And so, like for the vast majority of people, I'm not even talking about the writing. I'm talking about the coaching because mm-hmm. that's going to make more sense to them. Yeah. Um, and I don't actually want to like say, "Here's my blog. Go read it." You know, like. I just want to be like, yeah, I do this thing and I work with clients and bring them through this like career coaching kind of thing. Like I try to compare it to like, the, what's the thing that people are going to know if I don't really want to get that deep into it. Mm-hmm. And then if they ask questions and they ask questions and then we get deeper into it, you know, and then sometimes we have a good discussion and sometimes it's like, great. Now we've got that through and you can you're placing me on your order of hierarchy in your mind which i don't care about and then we can move on (laughs) yeah that's true like the hierarchy because they just need to like like not that they're necessarily judging but they're just like placing you as like a person and like connecting the dots but um Mm -hmm. also like I'm also a dietitian. So then sometimes I just say I'm a dietitian and then people automatically think that I just see clients or like I work in a hospital, but then mm-hmm. sometimes that's the easy answer, but with my mm-hmm. family, they already know that, but then they would just, you know, like wondering what kind of job I'm doing. So then I think the thing about, I have my own business is a good answer. Mm-hmm. Brie, I don't feel like I know exactly what you do. I don't even know exactly what I do sometimes. (laughs) But mainly what I'm trying to do is just help people like simplify in their kitchen. Like originally it was kind of like about money and simplifying, but I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. I just want to simplify it down. Yeah. So you could say that and then someone could ask you like, oh, tell me more about it. Then you could say, I help people do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. You know what's super weird? Someone from my like real life bought one of my ebooks and I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, they're gonna see my emails. <laughs> they're gonna see what I saw. Like, I don't know. I just felt so weird about it. Like I did not like I was she was an acquaintance, so it's not a big deal, but 
I was like, oh gosh, the thought of like real humans that I know and or who knew me before the like blogging version of me would be like, whoa, this is what she does now. Like, I don't know why, why do I have anxiety about that? It doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. that's just how my brain works. Like people are, are reforming you- their perspective of how I am now compared to how I used to be. And like, somehow that makes me uncomfortable, even though I like myself better now than I was before. I was going to ask, are you proud of what you do now? For the most part, um, I just feel like if they start asking about like money, then it's like awkward because I don't know, mm. you know, like do my, people usually ask about money. Um, probably not, but in my brain, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but I know my cousin, like she just graduated from with her nursing degree, she got a job and then she like bought a brand new vehicle. And like, why, I'm not even jealous of that because I'm like, oh, I would never buy a brand new vehicle even if I had the money, which I'm pretty sure she doesn't because she has student loans and stuff. She's just like a young person doing this thing that young people do. But I mean, young people with some money do. <laughs> I never got to that point of high income. But anyway, wow, I'm rambling. Now I'm really embarrassed. Sorry, I'm just going to mute myself. <laughs> Uh, I just want to throw one more thing out there. First of all, cool tools or resources. I'm going to get to that in a second. If anybody has any cool books they read recently or podcasts they've listened to or software tools or anything that they found uh, in the past month or two that they really enjoyed, think of that and get me a link. I want to know about it. But before I do that, two more things. Number one, I linked to uh, my blog post on this. I'd forgotten that another cool thing to do would be to take like a pop culture reference and then somehow tie it back to your industry. So for Brie, it would be, let's just say dietitian or nutrition or something like that. Uh, you could be like a, I'm like the dog whisperer, but for nutrition. No, that was a terrible one. But you see what I'm getting at, right? Like a, a really pop culture example that everybody would get immediately and then like tie it back to your industry somehow. It's not easy, but it's fun. Um, and the, the only other thing I'll say is I was actually I was actually thinking about this the other day. So all my grandparents have passed away, unfortunately. But they were like the only people that ever like gave me crap about earning money or holding down a job. Like my parents have always been super cool and open and they love me regardless and yada yada. But my grandparents were always like, shouldn't you go get another job so you can earn more money? Like the, it, was, it was pretty regular, right? I grew up with that. They're gone. Um, but this has been kind of replaced with people in my hometown uh, where I live now. Like I don't, I don't know anybody. We moved here two years ago. I haven't, I didn't know a single soul. And so a lot of people that work with my wife at her school and like people I meet at church and like all these other things, they, they've started asking this question again, like, what do you do and what do you do? And so I've, I've had to like face down this again. Like I was totally comfortable with it for like three years and then now I'm thrown back into the mix again and people asking this question. And I usually start off with something really vague. Like I just, I run my own business. I usually add from home just because that people, that's always the next follow-up question. Like, oh, I run my own business from home. And then inevitably we'll get into this idea of, okay, well, what does that actually do? What do you actually do? How much money do you make? And like all these other things. And lately, like the past three months, I've been uh, somewhat bragging when I say this, but I'll tell people like, yeah, I work like 20, 30 hours a week, 
on and off. I usually take Fridays off completely and go skiing. Like this somehow forgives everything. Like I could, I could literally tell them I make like $20,000 a year at this point, And they would be like, damn, that's still worth it. <laughs> or I don't say that, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this is, it makes sense to people why I'm doing what I do. Right. Because mm-hmm. if I weren't making any money and I was working 80 hours a week, people would be like, judging who's this loser who's this loser right and so i i generally lead with the fact that i get to like do what i really enjoy doing and i don't have to work that hard and i'm fortunate enough to earn like a modest living from it or something like that right and that that immediately like clicks with people mm-hmm. so god that's a good point yeah. i have heard people like from older generations say about like comments about millennials not wanting to work like to me and I'm like, are you talking, are you like telling me that's what you think about me? Or are you just making a flub and forgot that I was that person that you're talking about? Oops. Um, Those old people. So then that's like, you know, sometimes in my psyche, like certain groups of people wouldn't understand that kind of lifestyle aspirations. But mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like that and understand it. And that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool tools. Uh, Taylor said one, the millionaire fast lane by MJ DeMarco. That is a good one. I think his example of limo.com is a little outdated. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the whole, like headers, how to make a bajillion dollars in entrepreneurship and finance and stuff like that. Eh, it sounds a little corny, but I actually, I actually enjoyed that book. I did. That's one of the few in that category that I was like, eh, actually, I kind of like this. It was. Yeah, it took, me a, it took me a little while to warm up to it. I've, I think I've been, I've been hearing about it. I kept pushing it off. I'm like, that sounds so cheesy. And then um, I just started reading it on Kindle. And then, like, I think it takes a little while to kind of, you got to over, you got to kind of overcome the hurdle of like, check out my, and he talks a lot about his cars. He's really into cars. So I think he had a, I, I don't know what, like Lamborghini. So you got to kind of get over that. And then like the concept of like is really the main point is uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to start businesses, like be an entrepreneur. I think that was the kind of the main takeaway that I got. So surprisingly, it was actually better than I thought. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Wendy says the Frugal Friends podcast. I know Jen. Jen, that's Frugal Friends, right? Yep. I know Jen. Um listen to that before i don't know her co-host at all or her jill i think i haven't met her but i know jen she's lovely uh it's a great podcast uh, i'll throw out there a software tool i've been using dynalist i'm like a bullet point fanatic dynalist was like oh infinite bullet points and you can collapse all and expand all and it's so awesome uh well there's a few limitations there which eventually drove me nuts and then i discovered workflowy which i actually asked on the last online impact call i think i asked dino and dino was like oh i've been using this for years yeah didn't you tell me about it idiot no i'm joking um but the point is is they've been around for a really long time and it's the same idea it's for organizing note taking you can also turn stuff into kanban boards although i don't do that but it's just infinite lists and it's so handy and it's also cheaper i just i upgraded to the pro version i was like 50 bucks for a year or something like really affordable Really cool. But they have a free plan as well. Workflowy. All right. Uh, it's past two, and I hope I'm not intruding on someone's mastermind call. I don't think I am. Anyways, thanks for coming, everybody. I hope you all have a lovely day. Let me know if you ever need anything from me in Slack or email. And I'll see you guys next time. All right.
Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Bye.